I am Barrington Brennan, counseling psychologist and marriage and family therapist, with your daily relationship nugget. Today, you're listening to part two of a very, very interesting topic the Forbidden Zone. This is Forbidden Zone part two. It's actually entitled, the full title is Sex in the Forbidden Zone. Last time I read a question that led me into this discussion. Let me read it again, and then I will continue. I got the question from a listener. Last night, I confirmed my suspicion that our past is having an affair with our choir director. She is a single woman with three young children and two diff- for two different men. He spends long hours with his sweetheart in the pastor's study after church service on Sundays. I saw them holding hands and kissing last week while I was on the beach. It was not a friendly pastoral kiss. How can a, how can a spiritual leader or any decent man do such a thing? How terrible. What can we do about this? Why do men do such terrible things? That's the question. Why do men do these things? And remember, you're listening to part two of this topic today. So I began that last time, and I want to share something very important. Uh, how we men are caught in this web, men and women, of sexual exploitation. A painful truth lies at the foundation of this problem. That is, power is one of the most effective sexual aphrodisiacs. Many women are attracted to men or man in leading positions, whether it be in the church, sports, politics, or all the community. So, let's look at two positions or two positions men hold to explain this point. And I'm, I'm getting these points from the book Sex in the Forbidden Zone by Dr. Rutters, Dr. Peter Rutters. Listen, the first position, pastoral congregant relationship. And the next position is mentor-protege relationship. So, let's look at the pastor-congregant relationship. Listen, to what Dr. Rutherford says. The power of the pastor over the congregant is tremendously enhanced by his authority. If he wishes to exercise it, to describe to a woman her status with God. A sexually abusive pastor can easily exploit this authority by telling a woman that her sexual involvement is a part of a divinely ordained plan. Even sophisticated women can can have difficulty resisting this argument if they are devoted to the religious vision that the pastor represents. Now, end of quote. Now, listen carefully. Pastor Dr. Peter Rudder is not making this up. I used to hear this as a little boy in the Bahamas. Uh, this has been said every country I've lived in and visited, Jamaica, England, the United States, Belize, Cayman Islands, wherever, and around the world. Um, that is so true, okay? And that's very sickening, too, um, that pastor exploiting his position. And, honey, I'm the pastor. Two sheets cannot spoil. Two white sheets cannot spoil. I heard people say that. Two white sheets cannot spoil, meaning two saints, two Christians. If they have sex out of marriage, or one is married, there's no problem, because we are both Christians. Okay, now listen carefully. Let's go to mentor-protege 
or relationship. The term protege means someone who is protected by someone older or more powerful. Hence, I am speaking here about boss and employee relationship. In the workplace, a woman may find herself developing an important one-to-one relationship with her supervisor or boss. This relationship takes on special meaning, often to the man in power as well as the woman. He is a part teacher, part confessor, part guide. They may spend hours, even travel together. Although the relationship has a non-sexual purpose, fantasies of sexual contact may develop in either mentor or protege. Now listen carefully. Listeners, many women who engage in forbidden sex zone talks about the immeasurable non-sexual value they felt that the relationship has attained before any sexual behavior took place. They accede to sex as a way of maintaining a relationship that had come to have extraordinary importance in their lives and seemed to them to open and new and boundless possibilities for the future. For women... The powerful forces underlining the sexuality of the forbidden zone emerge clearly as feelings of hope, hope that their deepest wounds can be healed and that their true selves can be awakened, recognized and brought out of hiding into the fertility of everyday life. So, why do forbidden zone relationships hold so much inner power and promise? Part of the answer lies in the unique way in which they simultaneously repeat, yet free us from the bond of our relationship with our parents. Dr. Rudder goes on to share, Listen, the forbidden zone implicitly offers the women who enter it a parental quality of trust. This kind of trust invites women to share with men who have previously been strangers the intimacies and injuries of their bodies, their spirits, and their emotions. With this trust, men in power encourage women to believe that they will help them toward leading a leading, meaningful, productive lives. End of quote. It seems clear that women and men who engage in forbidden zone sex are wounded. They are seeking for answers to life. Here are four patterns of feminine woundedness that put women at risk for sexual boundary for violations. 1. Overt sexual psychological invasion in childhood. 2. Profound childhood aloneness. 3. Exploited compassion. 4. Devalued outer potential. That's the four. And I will explain more of these, about these, as we go on and on. And remember, you're listening to your daily relationship nugget, and I hope you enjoy these programs. I would like to hear from you. Would you please text me at 242-477-4002, or you can email me at info at soencouragement.org. Feel free to listen to me on the Spotify for and look for your daily relationship nugget 
on Adventist World Radio. Uh, this is such an important topic. Uh, the world is getting so messy and, and so many gray areas. Things are not so clear anymore. Boundaries are being broken, even within trusted, among trusted, God-fearing people. What I have discovered even more recently is that a big problem is that of deception. Not just the acts itself, but when people start to deceive others that they're not doing something or everything is okay, that puts us deep into the pit of despair and hooked into a pattern of behavior that keeps us locked right there. That's frightening. So, uh, you are listening to part two. And this is the ending part of part two of Sex in the Forbidden Zone, or you can briefly call the Forbidden Zone. So tune in in the next episode for part three. You have been listening to your daily relationship nugget. I am Barrington Brennan, keeping a smile on your heart. <laughs>